Hallelujah. Kevin and I were going to do the running man on either side of him, but we opted out. <laughs> Hallelujah. They'd probably have to bring the paddles out and give us a shock. Hallelujah. God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And I'm going to start with verse number 18. Now, I've been in ministry now for close to 27 years in full-time ministry, okay? I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen people go to the top and fulfill the will of God for their life, and I've seen many that have crashed and burned. And uh, the Lord just, you know, is just, I can't seem to get away from it. But, uh, you know, my number one goal and, and what God has entrusted me with is I like being the guy that gets underneath Noah's feet and helps bring him up. I really enjoy that. That is absolutely my heart. I never try to, you know, I'm not, I'm not making statements like I'm some kind of humble creature. I, I wrestle with pride just like anybody else. But I really enjoy it. God's given me a desire for it, to get people in position to go and do what God has called them to do. And really, I would describe my ministry as coaching. And, uh, you know, that's really what I'm gifted at doing. And so it's not something I cultivate. It's something that's given to me by God, a desire to give. And so I've seen a lot of characters. I've seen a lot of players. I've seen a lot of people that started off good and didn't finish well. Uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, that uh, started off horrible and ended wonderfully. Amen? Amen. And uh, so the goal is, is um, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's been a disconnect of fatherhood in your life, not just in the spiritual, but also in the natural, saith the Lord. But know this, saith God, that I have been with you every step of the way. I have been there when you have cried and you have sought me and you have shed many tears because of the loss and the missing peace that's on the inside of you. But in these days, I am filling it up. I am filling it up with my presence and with my power, and you will begin to grow in a strong unction and utterance from that place of pain, and I will cause my glory to touch that area, and it shall also heal the hurts of those that are around you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Johnny, you're enough. You're enough. The Lord wants you to know that you're enough and that you don't need to prove to anybody or anyone 
who you are or what you're called to do. Rest in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that your name is written in heaven and your name is known in hell. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I just sense there's people in this room that the devil has had meetings about. I mean, whole entire seminars, getaway weekends to get them acclimated on their plan on dealing with you. There's people in this place. I said, there's people in this place. The kingdom of darkness has met about you, has met about you. And it said, what are we going to do about Russell? What are we going to do about him? How are we going to stop him? We know we can't stop him because the greater one's on the inside of him. So what can we do to distract him? What can we do to keep him from doing what God's called him to do? What can we put in his life? And that's really the point of this message here. You know, I, I told Kenny, you know, I said, I kind of hate being the demon guy. You know, it seems like I'm the demon guy. But that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. We just you do our assignment. Amen? And, uh, you know, and, and, but I really believe that we are in the day and in the era in which the, the veil has been just, just, just as... Uh, uh, Pastor Brent said today the veil has been taken off of the kingdom of darkness strategy and, and what we need to see 2020 as is as an unveiling we need to see it for what God wanted it to be not making you be quarantined and making you watch Tiger King okay what it was it was to show you what's going on behind the scenes. It's meant to show you the kingdom of darkness that's been working on a strategy for millennia to get to this point and to get to this place. And the world is oblivious to it. The world is absolutely oblivious to it because they walk in the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience so they're not privy to it but we are and that's the reason why it's so aggravating and that's the reason why many have been discouraged and that's the reason why many have just they feel like they're shouting at the top of their lungs this is going on you know it's just like the boy who cried wolf 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 and nobody is responding to it. Nobody is saying, oh yeah, because nobody's looking to the church to be the alarm. Because we've got purpose-driven churches instead of presence-driven churches. Amen? And so what I want to talk with you about is going on the high seas and facing Leviathan. Because you're called to sail on the high seas of life. But there is an enemy that lurks below the surface. 
And when you're talking about water and you're talking about maritime or marine or water spirits, you're talking about spirits that actually operate covertly within the movement of the spirit in the church. There are demons that operate in darkness like bars and clubs and, and uh, drug homes and things of that nature. They, they operate and they're, they're like, um, you know, uh, cockroaches and things of that nature. They're attracted to the filth. They're attracted to the junk. But there are spirits that you must be aware of that are not attracted to that junk. In fact, our whole purpose is to replace the Spirit of God and to mimic the Spirit of God to such a degree that you think you're operating in the nine gifts of the Spirit and you're just operating in a familiar spirit. They're not interested in, in the wrappers on the floor and the and leftover food. And they're not, le they're not interested in the junk and the feces and the stuff like that. They are interested to enthrone themselves in ministries. And one of them is Leviathan. Now, you know, if you want to go the Baptist way and think that Leviathan is just describing some kind of sea monster, prehistoric sea monster, then that's fine. Go ahead. Take that where you want it. Ride the lightning. I don't care. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is that God uses physical things to show us spiritual things. And he uses animals and nature to be able to give us a glimpse into the spirit dimension, into the spirit world. And so he says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Is he talking about dancing with snakes? No, he's not talking about dancing with snakes. He's talking about demonic power. Because he wants you to see how demonic power works by describing them as serpents and scorpions. Because if you can understand the characteristics of a physical a serpent, you can know the spiritual aspects of the demon spirit. You can understand, you know, a demon spirit based upon how a, uh, a, a scorpion operates in the world. It also talks about flies. It also talks about various other insects. Listen, they get in there, they irritate, they bombard, they do not stop, they are relentless. That's the picture that he wants you to get. That's the reason why we have to understand our authority. We have to be schooled in our authority. But the majority of the church doesn't even believe the devil even exists. So they have fell for the biggest trap. Now, I want us to look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. In verse number 18, it says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So what is the, what is the prophetic for? It's to wage warfare. You're not awake. What's the prophetic for? It's to wage warfare. Because anytime you get a word, Joel, the enemy's going to test it. Anytime you get a word about what God is going to do in your life, a proactive word that was written before the foundation of the world that you, has been recently revealed to you, the kingdom of darkness notices that there's a transaction. 
We need to always understand that the kingdom of darkness is always responding and reacting. It is never moving in a proactive position. It is always acting and responding to what God has preemptively and proactively done. It's a principle of the Spirit. And so when a word comes to you about your church or about your life, the enemy takes notice. Jesus talked about this in Mark chapter 4, did he not? He said that, that, that the enemy comes immediately to steal the word, amen? Because he knows that the word has the potential of carrying you up and over if it gets in the garden of your heart, if it's cultivated and brought to fruition. So when I receive a, a word and, and most people, they want prophecies. You know, most people are hungry. They want prophecies. But I'm here to tell you that prophecies are given to help you go through the tough times. So I kind of like not getting them. I mean, I'm serious. Those say, oh, God. I don't want none of that, you know. Because I know I'm going to have to wage a good warfare with that. Because I'm going to have to come into agreement with that word. Because every promise in him is yes and amen. And I've got to put my yes with his yes. And I've got to put my amen with his amen. And once I come into agreement with that word, the enemy says, okay. I'm going to obstruct. I'm going to oppose. I'm going to impose all kinds of restrictions and try to keep you down. I'm going to distract you. You come. You become enemy number one. Most people get words and they don't wage warfare. They don't even remember them. And then they wonder, God didn't do that. I got prophesied to five years ago and it didn't happen. Well, it don't just happen. You have to take a hold of it. You have to hold on, hold fast to what you have, and you got to wage warfare with it and say, no, devil, my God said this. And I'm not going to allow you to take away what he said. I'm going to stand, and having done all to stand, therefore, I'm going to resist you, and you're going to have to flee. But any sign of trouble, any sign that people aren't acquiescing to whatever the Lord has told you, you get discouraged and get in despair and then get distracted. And then there's a lot of people on their deathbed. I've seen them. I remember visiting a lady early on in the ministry who cried and cried because she was on her last day. She knew she was fixing to enter into heaven. She'd be in heaven, praise the Lord. But she said this, I was called to go to be a missionary to China, and I never did because she didn't wage a warfare. When you learn to wage warfare with the word that God has given you, you begin to adjust your life and align your life and prioritize your life so that word can come to pass. Yeah. See, that's the reason why. When you get a word from God, I can tell you, you're out of alignment. You're totally out of alignment. In fact, majority of your time is going to be you getting in alignment with that word. Amen. Don't expect just to step right into something that God has told you. Realize that you've got to do some changing. I remember my father in the faith used to say this. He said, you can go to the other side, but you can't go the way you are. God will save you just like you are, but he doesn't have to use you like you are. 
and he won't. You've got to conform into the image of Jesus and begin to adapt yourself to the word that you were given in your life. Amen. Is this all right? All right. Okay. I tell you what, Chad went to 10. I'm going to go to 11. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wasn't that wonderful? Amen. But notice what he says here. He says, holding faith and a good conscience. Holding faith and a good conscience. That means you've got to keep your mind right. You've got to hold on with faith, but you've got to keep your mind right. You've got to have a good conscience. See, most people, they get in the realm of condemnation. That's not a good conscience. What the devil tries to do says, oh, you'll never become that, you know, because you do this and you do that. And remember what you used to do. See, that's not a good conscience. See, we've got to establish ourselves and understand that righteousness is based on Jesus' works, not our works, and that we need to kick condemnation to the curb and realize that it's not based on how we feel or what we uh, have done or not done, but it's based upon the work of Jesus, and that's a good conscience. That's when I can go to bed at night with that. Amen? And sleep well. And we got to keep a good conscience. But notice it says this. It says, by rejecting this, so people, some people have rejected this. They've rejected the prophetic. They've rejected the good warfare. They've rejected the good conscience. They've rejected the faith. And notice it says, by rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Some have made shipwreck of their faith. And I've seen people make shipwreck. Shoot, I've been on a few shipwrecks in my life. I've had to get back on the, the ship, amen? The good ship that God built for me. But there's a reason for shipwreck, okay? Some of it's our stinking flesh and our stinking thinking. Some of us is our ingratitude and our unfaithfulness. Some of us is that we're not showing up and we're not showing out, you know, trying to get this generation... And I'm talking about all generations represented here and around to get commitment in this level or this realm or this era is one of the hardest things to do. I was raised in a church that everybody, I mean, we had probably 75 to 80% people that were committed to some form of work in the church. That is not the case in the modern church today. To get a person to come once a month is difficult is difficult. Now, I'm not cursing that. We're not cursing that, and we're not bringing condemnation, but I'm showing you that this age is not, is, is, is not conducive to spiritual development and growth because they won't put the time in. They think it's all magic. And so many of them find themselves shipwreck. Now, there's a particular reason I believe the Apostle Paul used the term shipwreck. And it's found in Psalm 104. Let's turn over there. Psalm 104. Psalm 104. In verse number 25. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great, there go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. 
So what's he saying here? He's saying that we have a vast ocean to operate in. We operate in ships within this vast ocean. But underneath the current and underneath the water is a creature. And this creature is called Leviathan. And we have to understand that we're not talking about a physical sea creature here. We're talking about a spiritual concept. Because Leviathan likes to weave in the waters of the Spirit. In fact, when revival comes and things start happening like last night and are going to happen tonight, Leviathan lurks under the surface, under the water. In fact, the term Leviathan, if you looked it up, and most biblical expositors will kind of tell us that it's like the Nile crocodile. You probably saw one of them, Nile crocodile. Now, it's a multi-headed serpent, so we know that it's not the Nile crocodile, but it's like the Nile crocodile. Now, a Nile crocodile stays under the surface, and we get to playing around the, the, you know, the, the stream or, or, or the, the pool of water, and we get closer and closer to the edge, trying to dip into what God has for us. And underneath that, Leviathan is waiting. He's waiting for a misstep. He's waiting for an opportunity to seize control and mastery over your life. And it will even seem at times that it is justified through offense, through hurt, through pain, through rejection, through all of these things. And there, you know, here's something that we need to understand. And I know many of you have been in ministry. Many of you have been endeavoring to get into ministry. Many of you have been helping ministries for many years. There is a lot of hate-filled ministers in our pulpits today. There are men and women that hate people. And why is that? It's because Leviathan has come in and has seized the mastery. Now, this is important to understand, is that ministry can be hurtful at times. Have, have we found that to, out to be true? It can be hurtful at times. In fact, there is no hurt worse than church hurt. <laughs> there ain't no hurt worse than church hurt because these people should display the love of God. They should do what the Bible says, that all men shall know that you're my disciples because you know a lot. Is that what he said? Because you can pass a test on the Bible. Is that what he said? Because you sing wonderful songs and you wear T-shirts that say Jesus this and Jesus that. No, he said you'll know They'll know that you're my disciples because what? You love one another. Well, I'm here to tell you, friends, there's a low level of love that operates in many houses of worship and between ministers, and between ministers. How many have ever had a minister that cared about your ministry? That's rare, isn't it? It's absolutely rare. Knock on your door, say, hey, how are you, how are you doing? 
What's going on? How can we help? You don't get that very much. Because the church model of the last 20 years is a comparative and a competitive model. It's just like two shopkeepers on the same street. We're trying to compete with one another and compare, and we're trying to get, oh, they got this on sale, so we got to get this. And they're changing oil during the service, so we'll change oil too and do a car wash. We'll get more people that way. I don't know where I'm going with this. But that Nile crocodile, Ruth, right when you're feeling like God is just doing something and doors are opening and, and opportunities are there and it just looks like all the planets are aligning and it's just working, he, 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 just, he just lurks right there. He just kind of floats. And he looks and he looks and then all of a sudden Ruth, I don't mean to use you here, I'm just using that example. All of a sudden... Ruth begins to make a decision not steeped in her relationship with God. And that's where he comes out explosively and he grabs a hold of you, drags you into the very waters of revival and does a death row. Twisting and turning and twisting and turning and twisting and turning. And the whole reason why they twist and turn is not just to suffocate their prey, because that's the main thing Leviathan does, is to suffocate your prayer life and your spiritual life, but to dismember you. Because as they twist and turn, the limbs begin to fall off of the animal and separation happens. So we can see that Leviathan is a twisting serpent that brings chaos and confusion and causes things to not be, you know, to, to be convoluted. And then we begin to dismember from the body. We begin to separate from people that God put us with. Amen? Now let, let's look at a couple, few more scriptures. We okay? We all right? Okay. It's not nearly nine. Hallelujah. I tell you, Chad set a record. We're going to put a plaque with his face on it. <laughs> if he's watching, we're going to put a plaque, statue, out in front. Longest sermon ever preached at the church. He beat me. Can you believe it? Hallelujah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go to Psalm 74. Psalm 74. And look at this. Verse number 13. It says, You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads. Everybody say heads. Yes. Of the sea monster, which he's talking about Leviathan. You broke the heads. The heads. This is a multi-headed serpent. So he doesn't always come at you the same way every time. He may appear this way, and then he may appear a different way. And you'll face him all your life until Jesus splits the sky. 
because he's not going anywhere. And if he isn't the devil, he's a, he's a very close cousin. Okay? So he shows a side that, that draws you in, and the main area that he begins to operate in is in the realm of conceit and pride. Now, most people don't understand this, especially the gifted of God. Now, every one of you is gifted and talented and given a gift by God. But in your process of transformation and in your process of development, many times we can get our eyes off of God. And we can begin to see ourselves as the instigator or the initiator of the gift. Someone tells us, man, you preach good. I used to hear this stuff. Okay? One of the greatest temptations of being an associate is other people's praise. People coming in and saying, oh, man, I like it when you preach, you know. I like it. And I would like to tell you that I didn't fall for that stuff. I'd like to tell you, well, I resisted. Hello. But I have failed to flattery in my life. How about you? I had a pastor and a man of God that at one time preached three times on Sunday and then did a Bible study on Wednesday, second to none, and didn't even bat an eye. The man could teach the Bible. And he had such a deep well that, I mean, he would just bring stuff up and it was just as fresh and as relevant. And so here I am gushing under the spell of flattery, thinking that my one sermon that took me six months to craft <laughs> was in somehow in comparison to a man or a woman, if you want to, you know, a man or a woman that is consistently bringing the heat day in and day out, three times on Sunday, one time on, we don't even have Wednesday services in the church abroad. Hello. But that's how Leviathan works. Flattery. Oh man, you did good. You know, I like it when you minister. You know, I call the office and I find out. When I know pastors, come on now. I'm, I'm preaching way better than you're saying amen. amen. And they'll, they'll flatter you like that. But the problem is, is they've got a problem with the head because Leviathan always has a problem with the head. Amen. Always has a problem with the head. So listen, if, if you're in supportive ministry and you're getting these strokes, you need to resist this thing because you're under the seduction of Leviathan. Leviathan is right lurking in the water. And you feel like, man, God's doing something. God's opening doors. God's doing this. And he's just lurking. And then all of a sudden, he latches a hold of you. He takes you into a death roll, Jerry. And then all of a sudden, you're saying all kinds of stuff. Come on. 
Well, you know, maybe I can do my own thing. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do that. I don't need this person. I don't need that person. I don't need anybody. I'm God's gift to the world. I'm better than popcorn. Come on now. And you get in that spin and you start thinking those thoughts and all of a sudden separation begins to happen and you begin to start hating. Oh, this is Leviathan. You start hating the very people God put in your life to help you. Multi-headed serpent. Doesn't come at you with all of them. Comes one way, and then we get the victory, and then a season comes, and then he comes with another face. And then he comes with another face. And he's going to continue to alternate between those faces so that he can get wrapped around you and begin to suffocate you spiritually to where you might be in ministry, might even be successful, but you are a slave. Mm, Okay, all right. Not as happy as last night. You guys were happier. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Save you some time. Save you some money. Let me just tell you this. You don't get to choose your mentor. Did you get to choose your parents? Some of you would have. If they had a machine and there was selections, you'd be clicking anybody but who you had. Come on, some of you. But you can't do that. It's the same way spiritually. But people are running from church to church, trying to get in positions of power and authority because so-and-so wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. That's Leviathan. That's a Leviathan spirit. So I'm going to go down the road here, and they look for congregations that have holes in them. Hello. And it's a vacuum that sucks up the wrong people. Amen? I'm telling you, you know, when you start a church, you get pretty desperate for help. And you'll just take anybody. You go to the day center and pull up a van. So come on in. You know, (laughs) I need need children's workers. (laughs) Can you play an instrument? Yeah. The problem is, is that, you know, you begin to suck up the wrong people. And the worst thing that could ever happen is someone come to you and say, well, I used to go to this church and I had a problem with that right there, Leviathans on the scene. It doesn't mean they're Leviathan. I'm not saying they're Leviathan. I'm just saying that Leviathan's on the scene. 
He's, he's there. He's influencing them. Because guess what? In six months, you're going to be that church that he's talking about. Now, when we talk about this multi-headed serpent, we've got to realize that he comes at us in seven different ways. Now, most theologians will tell you that the seven heads of Leviathan are found in Proverbs chapter 6. And so let's look over there. Proverbs chapter 6. This, this is going to be a fun expose. Because this, listen, pride almost killed me. You know, pride will kill you. Pride will kill you dead. And one of the worst things that I ever wrestled with was that. It's absolutely the worst. It was a monster in my life. And uh, God decided that my way of going into ministry was to be a janitor first. And the sole reason for that doesn't mean that everybody has to be a janitor. Doesn't mean that at all. It just means I needed to be one. And so I learned instead of like Ezekiel, speaking over the dry bones and saying, will these bones live? I had a bowl brush, and I heard the voice of the Lord, will these urinals be clean? <laughs> and I had to clean up stuff I didn't want to clean up. And I had to show up when I didn't want to show up. And I had to say yes to things I wanted to say no to. And I had to say no to things that I wanted to say yes to. And this is the process. And there's no process in church anymore. It's if you got talent, we just put you right up. Because it's about the bottom line many times. It's about how many people we can put in the seats, so we've got to have the best talent we have. Oh, you know, kind of forget about their personal life, but, you know, she can sing. He can play the... He can play the bass. He can slap a funky one. But, hey, he's... He, he's down at the club on Friday. Just... These are not the droids you're looking for. Just, and we got these Leviathans swimming around in our revivals, and we, and we wonder why we're not seeing healings. And we're wondering why we're not seeing, you know, miracles and signs and wonders. It's because, you know, we're, we're always saying, well, it's the world. The world ain't right, and that's why God ain't moving. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's because, you know what, our churches have the water of God, but it's toilet water. It's filled with all kinds of creepy and crawly things, and it's pride, and it's ego, and it... And everybody's trying to be, you know... American Idol, and everybody's trying to be, you know, one of those uh, famous preachers, you know, and uh, come on. Hello. And you get to talking with these people, you get to meeting with these people, and you find out that they're arrogant, that, that they, they want everything their way, they have riders. 
when you bring them in? Come on, some of you know this stuff. They have riders. They have all kinds of demands. They want certain things. They want, you know, I mean, my goodness gracious, what happened to being a servant? So when we look at these seven various head of Leviathan, we, we can look at verse number 16. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Now, I'm telling you, when it says the Lord hates, that's mean business. Amen? He absolutely hates this stuff. And he says, yea, seven are an abomination to him. That means that they shouldn't even be in existence as far as God's in concerned. Hello? He goes on. Now, now we're going to catch ourselves here, all right? The first one is a haughty eye. Someone that thinks of themselves more highly than they ought to and looks down on everybody else. A haughty eye. This is one of the heads of Leviathan. Buried within the waters of revival... Someone can say, well, I, I know, I know more than they know. In fact, I can tell you this, I know more than that pastor knows. Hello. You know, they, they really need to ask me to lead their Bible study. A haughty eye. Is this all right? This a, a haughty eye. You know, thinking of themselves more highly. Thinking that they're God's gift. And that the, the band should shut down. If I can't make it, the band should just shut down. We, you should just go ahead and just put a video on, Pastor, because I can't make it. <coughs> I've got the COVID. I can't make it. And I certainly don't want anybody else up there. I've had people sabotage our stage, take it over. And that haughty eye, we know what's best. I had one praise and worship leader tell me this. She began to um, compare me to Stephen Furtick. Now, I don't look like Stephen Furtick. <laughs> but she said this, she said, well, you know, Stephen Furtick, he used to be a worship leader, so he knows what's right. Meaning, I don't know jack squat. And I told Kevin, stop that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is someone long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But they made it out very that I was inferior in my, you know, because I was wanting, hey, why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Why can't, you know? Well, I know better than that. I'm a musician. Well, I'm, I, I think I'm okay. I think I got a pretty good ear. You know, and I certainly want a certain specific style, 
Why don't you submit yourself? See, Leviathan won't. Leviathan won't submit. You've got to do what's best for the kingdom of God. You don't do, do what's best for you. Haughty eye won't do it. Won't do what's best for the church. They'll go up and outplay others. They'll cause rifts in the band. We had one worship leader that drove off all of the decent musicians that we had. Just drove them off because he had a haughty eye. Leviathan was at work. Doesn't mean they were bad. Doesn't mean they, they just had the spirit of a Leviathan working in them. And it caused separation. That's what it caused. It caused separation. They grab a hold of the people. Then all of a sudden, separation. And then all of a sudden, it isn't just there. You know, when, when they come and complain about the players on the stage, within two weeks of when you hired them, there's a problem. Because I've been working with these guys for... They're faithful. They show up. You can take that diva spirit and just go somewhere else with it. Because it's Leviathan. Now, I have to use these examples to kind of give you some flesh to this situation so that you can understand it. Okay, but when a person enters a ministry and they have a haughty eye, nothing they see is right. Nothing. Your equipment isn't right. The, the, uh, you know, the instruments aren't right. We've got to change this and we've got to change that. And they brought a list almost every week of what they wanted to change. That's a haughty eye. I'm not saying you shouldn't bring lists. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a wish list. I shouldn't say that you want changes. But when nothing's right, nothing, you're under the guise and under the influence of Leviathan. It's just the truth, guys. Okay. All right. A lying tongue. You mean people lie in church? Yes. Yes, they do. Pride believes lies and tells lies. Pride believes lies and tells lies. And so if you're under the guise of Leviathan and he's got you wrapped up, you're going to be speaking lies and you're going to be believing lies. Well, you said this and you said that. Let's, let's go over to a, a scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah 27. Are you getting anything out of this? Isaiah 27, verse number 1. It says, In that day the Lord with his hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Notice these characteristics that he gives. It's the fleeing serpent. So here's the picture that I get in my mind of the fleeing serpent. Leviathan wants to get a hold of Pastor Brent wants to frustrate him. Okay? So this is what a fleeing serpent does. Let me do that again. Something harder this time. <laughs> Get a hold of this. Get a hold of this imagery. They don't stand toe to toe. 
and say, you know what, I got a problem with you. This is, no, it's, it's a fleeing serpent. He said, God will destroy this fleeing serpent with his sword. What's he talking about? The, the word of God, the sword of the word of God. Amen. So he's fleeing. But notice it also says this. The fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent. The word Leviathan in the Hebrew means to twist and to turn. And it shows you one of the characteristics of Leviathan. Leviathan twists and turns truth. Leviathan twists conversations. Leviathan twists relationships. That means that if I'm talking to Jeff and we've got a problem going on and he's offended with me and I'm offended with him, that means even when I'm trying to bring reconciliation and he's trying to bring reconciliation, Leviathan gets in between and twists his words to where I hear what I want to hear and he hears what he wants to hear. And we're not connecting, we're not communicating, and therefore it causes dismemberment, it causes disunity, it causes disharmony, it causes defection, it causes the body to be divided. Leviathan even twists scriptures. Didn't you see in, in Matthew chapter 3 and Jesus' temptation how Satan used the scripture and twisted it? But Jesus came back with more scripture. Husband and wives can get so offended with one another that Leviathan gets in between their conversations and their communication. Leviathan also whispers. And in fact, the word, let me, let, me, let me read this to you. When we study the word for uh, ser a serpent in the Hebrew, it's in, 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 its, in its smallest form, it means to whisper a magical spell. So what's Leviathan doing? Did you see how she looked at you? Did you get that? Did you get that? Did you see what happened there? Oh, she thinks you're this. She thinks you're that. All the while whispering spells to change your mood to elevate your blood pressure, to get you into strife and dissension. Isn't it amazing how that when we truly sit down with our spouse and we talk it out, it's all a misunderstanding? It's all, well, what's happened? Leviathan got in there. What if you stopped and you said, I think Leviathan's here, let's pray. I think, see, if you... If, I remember an adage I heard long ago. If a cobra is in your house, you don't fight one another on who brought the cobra in. You just work together to get the snake out of your house. See, most people don't realize that it's a spirit that's operating in their home. They don't have any idea that Leviathan is working, trying to distract them, trying to get them into offense, 
get them into hurt, get them into pain, because Leviathan loves to work within your pain. Because there's two ways that pride can come into a person's life. Victory and success and failure and loss. Victory and success is very easy to spot. It's very easy to see. Oh, they got a few wins underneath their belt. They're getting the big head. But we don't seem to recognize when we fail and when we lose something that we can actually make decisions that I will never need anyone again. And I will never be put in that position again. And I'm going to do everything within me to keep me from experiencing this again. I'm going to control my life. I'm going to put up barriers and walls. I'm going to disconnect from people. I'm going to isolate myself. See, that's just as much pride as someone gloating or boasting about their success. And it's just as deadly, even more so. So he twists. Two people are trying to connect. God wants them together. And then all of a sudden, there's something in between them. Doesn't know what it is. Well, I just don't think he likes me anymore. I don't think she likes me anymore. You know, I, I, didn't, I haven't got a phone call. I haven't got a text. Do you know how long they left me hanging on my text? I texted them yesterday, and I have. Come on now. What's happening? What's happening? The twisting serpent. The fleeing serpent is seeking to divide and conquer your life, to get you into stress, to get you into anxiety, to get you into all kinds of depression and discouragement, because if he knows he can get you in that realm, he can isolate you and dismember you from the body. Amen? Hello? And he says, he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. That directly links him to Satan, who, who is the dragon. Yes. Amen? So I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to pray. The deadliest sin we have in the body of Christ is not our lackadaisical attitude. Our lackadaisical attitude and lack of passion is rooted in something much deeper. It's rooted in pride. Most churches do not run on the power of God. And in fact, if the Holy Ghost left tomorrow, they'd still be operating. Did you know churches are going to have services after the rapture? Did you, you know that? There's going to be churches that are going to be open. No. Well, people disappeared. We better pray so-and-so comes back. We'll put them on a prayer board. I'm serious. We're so used to doing things in the flesh 
And we don't know the difference when the Holy Spirit isn't here. We don't know because we're operating in another spirit. Leviathan spirit loves to give divining, seemingly words of knowledge, but they're really familiar spirits. Loves to give prophetic utterances in the kingdom of darkness. Likes to misdirect lives so that you can get the tingles and get the goosebumps and feel like that something happened. He loves that. Absolutely loves it. And would love for you to depend on him to give you what you need. Instead of being taught on how to mind the Word of God for yourself, how to pursue passionately the Lord and have a relationship with it, he wants everything to be sensational. In fact, the more sensational that it is, the more suspect it should become to you. Because the supernatural is not always spectacular. The woman with the cruise of oil, it was just oil pouring out there. There wasn't, there wasn't like little angels dancing around it and, you know, rainbows coming into it. You know, it was just oil. It was just, it was just meal. It was, it, it, you know, it's just divide the fish and the loaves. It, it just, it, you know, they couldn't tell you when it happened. It just, just happened. It's just like many people who got touched last night. They don't know when it happened. It just happened. Because it's not always spectacular. It's always supernatural, but it's not always spectacular. You need to be suspicious of the spectacular. I remember there was a tent down on Charles Page Boulevard. There was a guy there, you know, and, and I remember I had a good friend by the name of Dan Tillman, and he, he loved to go and chase these various, uh, you know, services where the supernatural was supposedly supposed to be. And he said, he said, Greg you got to go down to the tent with me this Thursday. This guy, he knows your name and address. And I said, I already know my name and address. Hello. And some operate in familiar spirits. They're not even operating in the Holy Spirit. They're divining. Job 41. Is this helping anybody? Yes. I hope it is. This is a lifelong lesson for me. You know, Job is not a book about is God really good and is the devil really bad? That's not the point of Job. The point of Job is that Job was a man that lived in the revelation that he had. He did not have all of it. And in fact, he didn't even know there was a devil. Did you know that? He didn't even have any idea. In fact, Satan's only mentioned four, five times in the Old Testament at all. So he didn't have the knowledge that you and I have of the unseen realm. Didn't have it at all. So that's the reason why he would say things, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, because he thought it was all up to the Lord. He didn't realize that there was an adversary that was trying to take everything that God had given him. Didn't have a clue about it. Okay, so he starts off good like a lot of us do when life hits us right in the gut and takes the breath out of us. We always respond, oh, I'll be okay in Jesus' name. 
Don't worry about me, brother. I'll stand strong till the end. We get that quiver in our voice, you know, and we're ready to, you know, yes, I'll be all right. The Lord has sustained me, brother. Nigh long these years, a fortnight ago. <laughs> Hello, I'm serious. You've heard it. Go to the hospital. I'll be out. I'll be back in church on Sunday. I know I lost both my legs, but I'll be there. I will scoot myself up on the front row, and you will see me. I'll be there. I'm serious. Cancer diagnosis. We will make it through. I might lose my hair and I might do, but praise God, I'm going over. And they speak real good. And then they go from believe that you receive to you shall have. And there's a period of time in between that that they're not prepared for. And what happens is, is you're going to be tempted to do one of two things. You're going to be tempted to cast away your confidence. And some people do that. But I guarantee you when it comes to Christians, that's not the primary thing. The primary thing is that they get over into self-righteousness. And that's what happened to Job. He started getting self-righteous. I mean, he started saying stuff like, God ain't done nothing for me. Have you ever said that? I've said it. I'm ashamed to say that I said it. God, you haven't done anything for me. What have you done for me? Hello. I remember I was at a low time in my life. I didn't have any money. We didn't have any food. And my wife needed glasses. Now, why in the world would my wife need glasses? How dare her need an $80 pair of glasses? We're broke. I can't get my Pepsi, and you're wanting glasses. Josh was about one, two years old. And so, you know, I reluctantly drove her to the eye exam to take our last $84 to slap down on a pair of glasses. Absolutely the audacity of her needing an apparatus to be able to see was beyond me, and I was mad. I was fuming. I'm driving her, you know, I'm grumbling. Uh, I hate you. Yeah, I'm serious. You get that crazy stuff going? And so she goes in there, and I stay in there with Josh. And I'm sitting there going, because we, we were broke. We were in bad shape. I don't, I don't even think we had gas to get home. Uh, you know? I mean, we put our groceries in layaway. You know, that's how poor and broke we are. We didn't get to buy the good shampoo and conditioner. 
We bought the 55-gallon suave with the pump. 99 cents. Hey, when the Raymond had weebles, it was just extra meat, man. Just, they cooked like anything else, protein. Hello. I mean, we lived from paycheck to paycheck. I mean, you live in that way so much that you are a very suspicious individual. So if anybody's in your yard, are they turning something off? I may know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I told them Friday. I told them Friday. Have you ever had that conversation with your wife? I told them Friday. Hello? And so I'm mad and I'm fuming. And I was having one of those Job moments. See, the Bible says in uh, Job 3, verse 8, it says that when we speak negatively and curse, we rouse Leviathan. And in fact, in some translations, it will say, rouses mourning, mourning. So Leviathan is tied with mourning. And when we're mourning the loss of our dreams, when we're mourning the loss of a relationship, when we're mourning the loss of a goal that we're trying to achieve or something, Leviathan is roused because we begin to talk negative. And so what's below the surface is now coming out to the forefront and is ready to seize and take you into a death roll because of the cursing that's coming out of your mouth. Oh, I don't think God does any. And I said, Lord, if you've done anything for me, I don't know it. That's what I said. I'm ashamed to say this. But I was 23 years old, you know. It wasn't yesterday. <laughs> it was 20 years old and I'm not 23 now as you can tell and I said I said if you've done anything for me I don't know and he and there was a pad and a it just happened to be in the car uh, a notepad and a, and, a, and a pen and he said get that pad and pen and I'm going to tell you what I've done for you and I said I'll take that bet I'm serious. I mean, I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. I'll prove you wrong, God. Come on, we can be so arrogant, filled with pride. Leviathan. And he says, put first down, I saved your soul from hell. And I said, I'll give you that one. to you know and he says I filled you with my Holy Spirit I said I guess I got to give you that one too 
And then he began to list everything that he'd done, forgave me of my sins, healed my bodies, healed my baby's bodies, provided for me. I know, you know, you can tell I I haven't missed a meal, you know. I wasn't, I was a whole lot bigger back then, you know. I look like a fat Oak Ridge boy. (laughs) You know. Come on. Hello. I wasn't missing any meals, brother. Wasn't missing any meals at all. Okay. The Lord's helped me over the years. I've been many shapes and sizes in my journey upon the earth. And he began to just go down the list, and I couldn't write fast enough. And my whole perspective changed. Now, many of you are saying, well, that's such a wonderful story, you know. I really identify with this. What happened next? Well, we still didn't have money. We still had to pay for the glasses. Angels didn't fly some glasses down. You have passed the test. Voila. <laughs> and that's what we want. That's what we want. We want, and it shall be done. didn't happen but I'm 54 and I'm still alive and my wife's still alive and we raised our kids and we ate and we've continued to eat and we drank and we had cars and we had our needs met amen but see this is how Leviathan will get in and twist your thinking Leviathan hates authority Leviathan is stiff-necked and hard-hearted, and he'll begin to manifest through your life. You'll begin to be very stiff-necked and stubborn, and stubborn is idolatry, according to the Word of God, because you fall in love with your own opinion about everything, and it's what you worship. But Jesus has defeated Leviathan. He's defeated and dethroned all of them. But the tricky thing about Leviathan is is that the only way I'm going to get him out of my life is I have to humble myself. And there's not very many Christians that understand what true humility is. I said this Wednesday night, and I think you need to understand this, the harder the times the lower you need to go. But majority of our inclination is when times get hard, we want to stiffen. We want to stand. We want to, you know, but no, we need to cave and get low and allow God to humble ourselves before him and let him raise us up. Because here's the trick of Leviathan. Leviathan can't touch you directly because you're a blood-bought child of God. 
He has to get you to cooperate to let him in. And the, the, the thing about Leviathan that's different than some other spirits is that Leviathan actually uses God resisting you rather than them afflicting you. Did you understand what I just said? There are demons that come to afflict you, and they come to afflict you, and you just stand in your authority, and you say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here, spirit of infirmity, leave my life, and, and you can take care of that. But the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? The humble. So if, I, if he can get me in that pride, then God is resisting me. There's no confession that can get me out of that except for the confession that I'm wrong and that I need to change and I repent. That's the only thing that will get me out. As much as God wants to touch my life, the Bible says that God resists the proud. He actually works against the proud. It says in the book of Proverbs that God knows the proud afar off. It doesn't mean that he's thrown them away. It doesn't mean that he has left them nor forsook them. It just simply means that the distance is between them. It's kind of like carrying a dirty diaper. You don't carry it up here around your nostrils. You get it out here away from you until you discard that. And many times we're so stinking filled with pride that the God has a long distance relationship with us and will resist our efforts because we are in pride. Leviathan has convinced us that our opinion is all that matters and our decisions are all that matters. And it has to be my way and it has to be my thing and it has to be my and me and mine. And you can come and get deliverance ministry. You can come and pray. You can seek the face of God and walk up still, wrapped up with Leviathan because you have not humbled your heart. You have not got low enough. Leviathan cannot breathe in an environment of humility. When you're through talking about yourself, when you're through operating in embarrassment, when you're through operating and trying to end all, be all, and be everything, that's when Leviathan's going to lose his grip off of your life. And I just think we need to pray. Because God's preparing these houses that have converged upon this place for this time and for this season to renounce the deeds of Leviathan and allow God to do his work in our lives. Amen? Can you agree with me on that? Let's stand and lift our hands. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy. And we repent. We repent, Lord. We repent of our pride, of our ego, of our self-will, 
of our iniquity, of making our own plans, our own purposes, our own pursuits, and we yield ourselves to you by the grace of God. Just as your son said in the garden, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I want your will. I want your plan. I want your purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you mean it? Cry out to him. Leviathan is uncoiling right now. He's uncoiling. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Oh, you want to be exalted by God? You got to humble yourself. You got to go low. Hallelujah. Repent of offense. Repent of hurt and of pain. Repent of holding grudges. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. 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 The gifted and the talented and the self-sufficient shall not make it in this season, saith the Lord. Oh, they shall make strides and people will look at their gifts and they will say, oh my goodness, I wish I was as gifted as he or I wish I was just as gifted as she is. But know this, saith the Lord, it is only in dependence on me. It is only in looking to me that you will begin to see the glory rise upon you and be within you. It is only as you look to me and you put your dependence on me that you will see the things that are written in my word come to pass in your life. For it does not come to pass by your own works and by your own deeds, saith the Lord, but it comes through utter dependence and helplessness before my face, saith God. And when you find yourself in the low place, know that I am there to lift you up and to raise you up. Know that your business will thrive as you depend on me. Know that your marriages shall thrive and shall continue to increase and abound if you will just simply put your face towards me and humble yourself and say, I don't know everything. I don't have everything. I don't understand everything. Lord, teach me, lead me, guide me. I'm dependent on you. That is the prayers that I desire. That is the reach that I desire from you, saith the Lord. And you shall see that the overcoming power of the resurrection of my son shall increase in your life as you reach out in dependence to me, saith God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. The clutter, the clutter, the clutter of the mind, the clutter of the thinker, the one who continuously thinks and tries to work out the way that something should be done. Oh, how I put that wonderful intellect within you, saith God. But now the enemy has used it against you. He has caused you to try to work out your own plans and work out your own ways, saith the Lord. Oh, just look to me. Don't seek the answers, but seek the answer, which is me. And as you seek me, saith the Lord, you will begin to see the answers to your dilemmas. And the problems will just fade away because I will give you solutions and keys to unlock the doors, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
It doesn't have to be this hard. It doesn't have to be this hard. It doesn't have to be this hard. I said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest from the turmoil in your mind. I will give you rest of you trying to figure out your way. The steps of a righteous man and a righteous woman are ordered by me. So know this, that I have already written in heaven the plan and purpose that I have for you. So seek me, saith the Lord, and you shall see the pathway clearly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Direction, 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 direction. Direction is coming right now. Downloaded right now in the name of Jesus. Downloaded right now. Downloaded right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's pastors in here that want to build and expand and grow their ministry. The Lord wants to just encourage you that he has already spoken from heaven the dimensions and the size of your ministry. And that if we'll just simply seek his face and stop worrying and concerning ourselves with the details, he will cause it to come to pass and it will be with such ease that only God could get the glory for that work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't wonder where the money's going to come. God has plenty of money. God has plenty of money. Don't wonder where the land is going to come. God's got land right now. Got land with your name on it. Land with your name on it. Land with your name on it. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. I just sent somebody in turmoil in their heart where they're just saying, How, Lord, how? How's it going to work? How's this going to happen? I just don't see any way that this can be done. Oh, but that's the best place to be, saith the Lord. That's the best place to be. For when you are weak, that's when I'm strong. When you don't know it, that's when you begin to tap into my knowledge. Jesus has been made unto you wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. You have the mind of Christ. I will unveil to you. I will show you the path. I will show you the plan. You shall see it, and it shall be clear, saith God. And you will build according to that design, and it shall be fruitful and blessed, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Brent, I just hear 24,000. Does that make sense to you? 24,000. 24,000 square feet. 24,000. That's just what I hear in my spirit. It's an initial start, but it's 24,000. I just sense there's 24,000 flying in the air right now. Flying in the air. It's coming to you. Amen. It's coming to you in the name of Jesus. It's coming to you. It's, kind of, it's just a start, though. It's just a start. Just to get out of what you're in, get into something. 24,000. That's what, that's what I get. I, don't, I can't explain it. That's what I hear. Amen? 24,000. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Glory to God. When you leave that place, saith the Lord, there will be people that will say, this was the greatest era of Oak Hill. It will be an era of great achievement, of great advancement, and of great momentum, saith the Lord. And although you may be wringing your hands, saith God, wondering how this is going to happen and how this with my responsibilities and everything that God has put on my plate. Know this, it's already ordained in heaven, saith God, and the plans and the blueprints are already there. They've already been drafted and are ready to be downloaded. And things will change and you will not recognize that hill. It'll be totally different than it is today saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Does that bear witness with you? Praise God. Hallelujah. And the money will come. And the money will come. Donors will come from all over the nation to pour into that house. And you will begin to see expansion. Begin to see what you have seen in your prayer closet will begin to come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Renovation. Renovation. Renovation, renovation, it's renovation, hallelujah, new look, new hallelujah image. The community is going to be awakened to what I'm doing in your house, saith the Lord, what I am doing, and they'll be drawn to it, and it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. Renovate that already. My light is over your place, and people are noticing what is going on there. What has happened, they say. What is going on there? I see something new. I sense something new. We need to make ourselves a part of that. And they shall come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and they shall fill the house, saith God. For every house represented in this place shall be filled to overflowing in these last days, saith the Lord. I, I, I sense that right now in my spirit, Kenny. I sense that right now. Hallelujah. You're going to need more than just a 15,000 square feet extension. You're going to need more than that. I just sense the spirit of the... Do you sense the... the I'm not just saying this stuff. If I could buy all these guys' buildings, I'd do it. But I'm not saying that out of that. I'm saying that I believe from the unction of the Holy Spirit is because God's poised us together to be a family. And expansion is what He's about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Pastor T, as you were prophesying and singing that song, singing the psalm of the Lord to us, I saw your image going out through the airwaves, and I saw people struggling with a needle. I saw people struggling with paying their bills. I saw people struggling with the doctor's report. And they saw your face singing that song, and that song brought life into their house. It brought life into their house. 
It brought tears to their eyes, and they knew that God was there of a truth. And it brought hope and encouragement to them. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel like I, I served you goulash tonight. But hopefully you got something else. So hopefully there was an ingredient that you needed. Amen. Amen. It's time for us to be more spirit aware and operate supernaturally. Amen. These things are operating in our lives, and if we can recognize them, we can neutralize them. Amen. Do you believe that? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just hear this in my spirit. Advance. Kenny, advance. Wade, advance. Bob, Leela, advance. 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 There's a tendency right now to shrink back. There's even a movement, and I'm saying this by the Spirit of the Lord, Pastor Steve. There's a movement in our culture today to go back to the home group. That everybody will meet in their homes. But I see advancement in my spirit. I see increase in my spirit. I'm certainly not against home groups. Certainly not against that. But I don't believe the Lord wants us to give up real estate. I don't believe the Lord wants to give up buildings that have been built through the tithes and offerings of the saints, that have been built with the blood, sweat, and tears of the saints. I believe He wants us to advance. I believe he wants us to move forward. In the face of obstacles and situations that look insurmountable, that's where God shows off the best. That's where God shows off the most. So the tendency is to be conservative. But the Lord wants us to know that he has preordained. Just as an oak tree is preordained within the acorn to be a certain size, churches are to be a certain size as well. And I'm here to tell you, the churches that are here are still growing. 
they haven't reached full fruition. Amen? There's dimensions we have not achieved yet. Not just dimensions in square footage, but dimensions spiritually as a house, a habitation of God. We need to learn to expand our capacity. And it looks as if, you know, some of the roots of the old past kind of keep us kind of keep us tethered and we just we just feel like we're just we're as hard as we run as hard as you're running you just feel pulled back because of that well I'm telling you right now hallelujah that's cutting off right now in the name of Jesus that's cutting off right now in the name of Jesus that witchcraft spirit is gone in the name of Jesus the church that will thrive and survive and there will be new, new renovation and buildings on that property, saith the Lord. Amen. I, I believe that. I tell you what, my father, he's greater than all. My father is greater than all. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Can we worship him? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is strong here. We're going to have our ministers come up, and they're going to be up here. If you need anything from the Lord, we want you to not walk out the same way you came in. So they're going to be here after I close the service, ready to minister. Go get your kids first, but get your needs met. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's continue to worship, but you're dismissed. Amen?